out there to all people and wax figures. This is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is the guy who can never just have one corn cob at a time, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? Brandon, I think the key to eating corn on the cob is to double fist them. Yeah, I mean... That could, that could sound really dirty. So I meant putting them one in each hand. And I know what you both. mean. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> as many as you can fit, ideally. Yeah, so with corn cob, like corn on the cob, like they're only in season for so long, so you have to eat the maximum amount when you're able to. You never want to let a corn cob go to waste, you know? No, you don't smack a corn cob to the floor. That's uh, sacrilege. sacrilege. Absolutely, yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing good, Brandon. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Tight. Did you do anything exciting this week? Um, I didn't really do anything this week. I've just been working a lot. Um. I do, I don't, I don't know if I told you or not, but like my new job at work, I'm in the human resources department. So, and, and I do all of like the hiring for the company mm-hmm. and um, all I do all day is I talk, I talk to people and it's kind of great. I actually like talking to people. That's yeah. all right. If you like yeah. it. I mean, it's, it's fun and everything, but like, I'm literally like back to back to back to back talking to people over the phone, like getting them ramped up for a job opportunity um, which I'm fantastic at, by the way. I'm just gonna say, but um, get it. By like Thursday, I I'm kind of get I kind of get tired of talking, <laughs> talked out, and I yeah. And then on Saturday, like not that I would ever be like, oh, I gotta talk to Brandon on a podcast, but like I'm like, man, all I do is fucking talk. <laughs> oh my like God. the audacity of me. <laughs> You're like fucking Ryan Seacrest or something. I know, I probably do more talking than Ryan Seacrest, honestly. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I'm at that level. So anyway, how's your week, Brandon? What you up to? What you, what you been doing? Um, well, I'd say my biggest accomplishment this week is finishing my first audiobook ever. Wow, which audiobook did you read? Well, listen to. Well, uh, I got an email from Audible like, "Hey, join up yeah. and we'll give you credit." Give you so I was book. like, "Okay." That's how they get you. Yep. And I didn't really know what I wanted to read, so I just ended up getting a Stephen King book, which is, like, my default, like, I don't want to, you know, look at or browse a book, yeah. so I'll just default to Stephen King, and that's what I I mean, doing. usually it's a good choice. He hasn't really made that many stinkers. No, he's 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 good. He's yeah. good. Did you pick something newer of his? Yeah, I got his newest book, Billy Summers. Never even heard of it. Okay. Yeah, it's like not horror or supernatural at all. It's about a hired assassin. Oh, okay. Did you know that coming into it? Or were you like, oh, this is going to be spooky. Like all of the women from like the early 90s who was like, ooh, Stephen King, you know? <laughs> no. You know what I'm talking about, it was, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> it was on like the front page of Audible, like new releases. And I was like, oh, oh. okay, I'll just get this. And I saw a review that was like, it's good. So I was like, that's all I need. That's what I, yeah, right? That's what I do. Like somebody on Reddit said it's good. I'm going to get it. <laughs> yeah. I never wanted to try audiobooks before because I was like absolutely certain that I would just not be able to focus on it. And then I would l- listen to it. And then every 30 seconds, I would be like, I have no idea what they just said in the last 30 seconds. So I'd have to rewind. Yeah, that's my fear for him, too. That's why I haven't listened to any. But I have, like, an hour-long walk to work, so Hmm. I've been listening to podcasts this whole time, but I thought, you know what, I'll try an audiobook, and it turned out okay. Cool. So was the book good? Yeah, it's good. Okay. I'm not going to read it or listen to it, but it's good (laughs) that you know. You know, I will say, Brandon, I haven't read... Okay, so I read a couple of the Are You Afraid of the Dark books. I haven't Mm -hmm. read, like, an actual book in forever. The last book that I was reading was I know I know specifically what it was and when it was. It was um the sixth book in the Wheel of Time series. I've been reading that since twenty fourteen. I'm a uh, monster, Brandon. I'm horrible. Aren't those very large books? They are, but still like I, I owe it to myself. I mean yeah, and it's not like seven years the authors. Yeah. To they read, were good. But, yeah. I liked them. I just what happened was is that I used to have a job where I could read while I was working, mm-hmm. and then I be, and then I got promoted to a supervisor. And Shucks. I couldn't anymore. And then from then on, I just haven't had a job where I can sit and read instead of talking to people all fucking day. <laughs> yeah. 
or working in a sweaty ass factory or <laughs> oh. it's just no time to read i know like I, my problem is is that i'm like i'm gonna read and then i'm like wait i could be doing like literally anything else <laughs> and not in a bad way it's just yeah like, i know what you mean i like reading but same but I could be playing a video game. I could be editing the podcast. I could be so many anything, things. Anything all else, of them not reading. Else. Yep, exactly. Well, enough about audiobooks. Yeah. Let's talk about a TV show based on a book. Okay. How's that for a segue? Yeah. I, I thought it would have been really funny if you were like, yeah, I got Audible and I just, I got a Goosebumps book. I would have been like, Brandon, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, it was 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste of a credit. So, this week we watched A Night in Terror Tower Part 1. Cortland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this part of this episode? Um, gotta say, Brandon, it was pretty good. Um, I actually liked it. Really? I felt like this was more action-packed. I mean, God, there were some boring parts. But it was more action-packed than most of the first parts of a two-parter. Okay. I... I see what you mean. I will say I have a, a good idea that I know exactly where the story's going, but I'm also kind of expected to be thrown off a little bit, hopefully. Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. All in all, I'm confused, but that's okay. I've been confused before. I'll get over it. <laughs> and you'll be confused again. Probably. Arl Stein, he, he's gotten me. Has he? Well, <laughs> no, he hasn't. Oh. He's, He's confused master. me in all the wrong ways, and I think that this one is kind of similar in that regard of, like, why is this happening? Where are the parents kind of situation? Yeah, you know? and they're all aliens at the end. That's what I feel like is going to happen, and that's fine. Like, whatever. If Arl Stein wants to just be like, and all the kids were aliens, the end, like, whatever. <laughs> you do you. I don't know. <laughs> it's the journey, not the destination. Okay. All right, Hannah Montana. That's enough of that. Is is that a Hannah Montana thing? She has a whole song about, like, getting over a mountain. So, like, all in all, I liked it. I had a good time. Oh, that's good. What about you, Brandon? Did you like it? <sighs> I, I just thought that the episode wasted too much time kind of setting up mm-hmm. the same scene over and over again. And kind of just the same things happen. Multiple times in this episode. Yeah, that's true. There is a bunch of setup here. Like, there's some things that are just mentioned lightly that I think they want us to remember for the next part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of hoping that they just never come up again because I think that'd be really funny. <laughs> that would be way better. <laughs> but we'll talk. About let's that just talk just about it. Let's, let's just okay. let's just get right into it. Let's get into the Night in Terror Tower where they. They don't spoilers. They don't spend a night in there, but you know, whatever. Let's go. No, let's do it. All right. So right away, this episode starts off with your oh, boy, my guy, R.L. Stein. <laughs> it's your boy back, and he's better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So we forego the goosebumps intro, and I was upset at first, but then R.L. Stein's boring face walked up on screen and i was like oh, it's my boy <laughs> <laughs> i love rl stein but man I, I do too he is just so uninspiring he's standing is up so there. fucking bored brandon he is so like he doesn't even have his eyes open oh. all the way he's just like oh it's your boy rl stein <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he does that thing that people do in TV shows where he's like, oh, I didn't see you there. <laughs> Which is... Incredible. That's Arl a way Stein. to go. Yes. I want every episode. Like, I won't forego the intro because I want that too. I'm greedy. Yeah. I'm, I'm a greedy motherfucker yeah. here. I want R.L. Stein in every episode as well as the intro. And This would be my top favorite show. It's having your cake and eating it too. Yeah, and I deserve it, R.L. Stein. Having your corn and eating your corn as well. Yeah, in both hands. No biggie. Give it to me, R.L. <laughs> Give it to me now! <sighs> so, R.L. tells us that today's story begins here, in the torture chamber. Because he's oh. standing, you know, in a dungeon. Though. Yeah, he's standing in a dungeon. He's got, a, like, a morning star in his hands. It doesn't start in there, though, R.L. Stein. You're wrong. Yeah, Sorry. it doesn't. He's a fucking liar. Starts in, like, a hotel room or something. 
He says, Eddie and Sue are about to make their first visit. It might also be their last. <gasps> their visit to the torture room? Their last visit to the torture chamber. Because, oh, uh, you know, is that like a place that people make regular trips to? Mm, not in present day. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think every trip to a torture chamber is probably your last trip to the torture chamber. I would say, like, historically speaking, most people that have taken a trip to a torture chamber, that was their last trip to the torture chamber. Yeah. So R.L. raises a medieval flail and says to someone off camera, Miss, can I get this gift wrapped? Oh, R.L. Stein, you <laughs> are such a goose, you know? What a goose. Uh, that lady's classic. gonna be like, sir, put that down, that's a fucking problem. <laughs> R.L. Stein, stop touching the set. <laughs> Who let you on here? I do love it. He's like, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, R.L. Stein. You know, the guy that writes these books. <laughs> yeah, like he's got to remind us. Like, Hello, we know who you are. You know are, why we're here. <laughs> we're here we're, to see we're you. here to see you, Born R.L. face. Uh, well, now R.L. Stein's gone, and the story proper oh. begins with people screaming and someone stabbing a pile of hay with a bladed tool. Yeah, what the fuck's going on? I didn't know. Is this what? It's just right into the action, man. It's such whiplash to go from boring R.L. Stein to, like, <laughs> some action. Like, it, I actually got whiplash from it. Yeah, and, like, people are screaming during this whole part, this whole beginning part, and it's I just, like, looped screams. <laughs> A couple of armored guards are looking for something in a basement before finding a man crouched there. Mm. How dare he? They force him up the stairs in chains, past a headsman sharpening his blade, and into a cell. He loudly yells, Don't torture me! Oh my gosh, that's what I would yell in a torture chamber too. (laughs) Yes, I mean, you you got to. to What else are you going to do? You got to let him know. Yeah, at that point, you know, it's a Hail Mary. Yeah. Because they could The worst be like, they could oh. do is torture you. Exactly, which you're probably going to do anyway. But if you say don't torture me, then they'll be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't. And you could get out, you know? Yeah. It's a tactic. It's a great tactic. We zoom outside to the outside of the tower, yeah. and a big cartoon logo with ugly fonts says right. Terror Tower over the screen. So was that a commercial then? Like, I'm assuming it's trying to show us that was how it was back in the day. Yeah. Okay. It's a promotional tool. God. They... So we zoom out Ugh. again to see <laughs> what we've been watching is a video for Terror Tower in one of London's tourist information kiosks. Yeah, so we're in London. That's exciting. We've been to Egypt yeah. and London and most of Canada already. So we've been all over the world. And New York. So yeah, pretty great. It's a very globe-trotting show. It is, yeah. We see two kids standing there. Eddie, a boy of about 12 years old. I think he's a... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He might be a little less than that. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And Sue, a maybe 14-year-old girl? Yeah, sure. I don't know. Everyone's babies to me. Eddie excitedly says that he wants to see where all the people were tortured. Who doesn't, right? Yeah, that sounds exciting. Sue agrees, but rolls her eyes, saying, But I bet we're just going to end up going to another boring-ass museum. Yeah, and what at this point I was kind of like, what's going on? You know, I, I have said a couple of times, but at this point, like, huh? First of all, museums are fucking dope. Yes! So, especially Museums are awesome. Can you imagine going to, like, the British Museum, like, where they stole all that shit from all the other countries and stuff? Like, that'd be amazing to go look at. That'd be fantastic. They stole it for a reason. Yeah, so I could potentially look at it. I'm probably dope. never gonna go, though. That's so far away. I mean, I'd have to get on a plane. I'm scared of planes. I'm not gonna lie. Well, you don't go, f- like, specifically to take the trip to the museum and then come back. But while you're there... Just then, a very fancy-looking man in a pork pie hat says... Oh, right, tourists, back to the bus. Sue frantically begins searching her pockets, saying, Where is my film? I know I had another roll. Right, okay. Eddie produces the film, tossing it to her with a flourish, and said, Mad pickpocket strikes again. Right, so the brother 
can steal things without people noticing. Yes, that will surely never come up. Okay, so at this point, I was like, we're getting this really interesting detail about Eddie where he, like, is a master pickpocket or whatever. Like, obviously, this is going to come up again or they wouldn't spend so long on it. And she wouldn't be like, oh, world's was annoying, brother. Like, <laughs> I hope that it doesn't. I hope that this is nothing because I think that would be so funny. That would be great. It would just be like, you know, a little character detail. Like, okay, he steals things. Yeah, the credits are rolling, and I'm like, wait a second, what about that stealing thing that I wasted time (laughs) on? I hope that happens. I do. Well, hopefully. (laughs) It doesn't come up again in this episode. Spoilers. Yeah, I know. Obviously, it's going to play a huge part in the second one, but, like, I just don't want it to come up again, just because that would be so funny. So, Sue is annoyed by this, and Eddie brags that she never even felt him take it. She does compliment his skills, though. He's a master. So, like, these these siblings are one of the better pairs in that they're they're kind of... They like each other. Yeah. They, have, they, they like have, each other. They have a really good relationship. Um, you know, she's all like, you're the most annoying brother. But it's, like, in a fun way. Where it's, it's a playful not... kind yeah, of. Yeah, like, they're, they're buddies. Like, they're roaming the streets of London alone together for some reason, and... All they got is each other and a tour guide. (laughs) The fancy man comes back to urge them back to the bus, and they walk off. We now see a classic double-decker bus riding through London on a classic overcast day. Yeah, right. The fancy man says... Oh, yeah. Stereotypical. I think of London. I think of Harry Potter, and I think of rainy days and double-decker buses. Probably phone booths, too. This is like almost all of those things. Yeah. Picturesque London, if you will. Arl Stein, you nailed it. <laughs> the fancy man says, we are running out of museums to go to, but we could go to Terror Tower. Okay. Fuck off. Because he's like, <laughs> oh, we don't have any more museums. I guess we have to go to this place. And it's like, he gets there and he knows literally everything about it. So <laughs> shut up. He, he had this planned. Yeah. God. He's audacious. Uh Yeah, he is. Also, as he says Terror Tower, there's like a little musical sting, so you know that it's spooky. Ooh. I mean, it literally tells you it's spooky in the name, (laughs) but yeah. Eddie helpfully says, Too bad mom and dad had that business conference. Oh my gosh, this is all like done through like watching scenery and stuff, so it's like stuff that was added in later. But it's like the exposition. But I'm so glad it's there. Because I was like, what the fuck are these two kids doing Yeah, wandering around alone? I actually, so I watched this episode twice. The first time I watched it, I didn't catch this part where he was like, oh man, mom and dad are on a business trip or whatever. Like, when they're in a meeting. And I, I didn't know that they said that. And I was like, why are these two kids alone? What is going on? <laughs> where are the parents? Because there's a bunch of adults around them, but none of them are their parents. <laughs> none of them, yeah. But now you know. I do. They're just yes, in I some vague business conference together. Yes, all day. God, that would be so boring. Can you imagine taking a trip to London and having to be in business conferences like all day? That's like being on vacation and having to sit through timeshare meetings or some bullshit. Ugh, no thanks. Nightmares. Nightmares, Brandon. That's what I call a terror tower. Cortland, let's yeah. meet some of these characters, shall we? Okay. So, Sue is played by... Our old friend, Catherine Short. Yeah, I immediately recognized her from Haunted Mask Part 1. And I like yeah. her. She did a great job. She was a highlight in that, and she's a highlight in this. Yeah, she played Sabrina, and she is a good actress. I'm interested yeah. to remember if she had any roles, because I don't think she had money after this. I believe Catherine Long on. absorbed her or whatever. Yeah. Sorry to say that Catherine Short's entire career is Goosebumps episodes. That's surprising, because she did a good job. She did. I, I don't know why that was, but maybe mm. she was just Acting like, isn't for her. I recorded all these in a weekend, and <laughs> I want to do something else with my life. In which case, maybe, maybe. Know, good for her. Yeah. But she does well. Now we have Eddie, who's played by Corey Sevier. Oh, okay. Sevier? Sevier? I don't know. He's from That's Canada. Fine. So, this guy is actually in tons of stuff. Of course. There has to be that yin and yang. (laughs) Yeah. Even though I thought he was, you know, 
not as good as she was. It was just okay. Yeah. He's not the worst, though. Well, this guy, he does the voice of Mega Man in Mega Man Legends. Interesting. Oh, okay. I love that game. This isn't the last time we'll see him on Goosebumps. All right. Keep my eyes peeled for him. And more recently, Cortland, Mm -hmm. his work was in things like the TV movie Four Christmases and Her Wedding. The TV movie Northern Lights of Christmas. The TV movie Grounded for Christmas. Yeah. Matchmaker Christmas. Oh my god. It takes a Christmas village. More. more. And interestingly, Dark Christmas. Dark Christmas. (laughs) Would I ever watch any of those movies? Nope. He must be a hunk or something then. He must be, he must have like body built or something like that. Yeah, looking at these pictures, like, whoo! Is he? A, he's a beefcake. Yep. Hotty hot body, if you will. Yeah, he's a looker. Nice. Now next we have the fancy guy. Oh yeah, fancy guy. Tour guide who's credited as Mister Starkey's Starks. Okay. I don't know. Maybe that's something that gets you know delved into later or something in the second part. It probably will. But he Hopefully is not. played by. Peter Messaline. Yeah, Peter. I remember you. He was the keeper in Are You Afraid of the Dark's Tale of the yes. Keepers. Mm-hmm. A very iconic role. He's good. I like him. He's a good actor. He's he's properly slimy in that episode. Yeah. And he's properly fancy in this. So fancy. Very nice contrast. A range on him, if you will. A range. Yes, well, he he's also now, has had he? roles... Yes, he is. He passed in 2016. Rest in peace, Peter. He had roles in Friday the 13th, the series. Ooh. Robocop, the TV series. Robocop. Two episodes of Forever Night. Whoa. Must have been a main character. And the famous Jet Jackson. Was that shot in Canada or something? It must have been. It must have been. I liked that show. I know, Brandon. You talk about it almost every day. <laughs> I know. The bus stops and everyone alights. The fancy man welcomes everyone to Terror Tower, where hope dies, light is extinguished, and the soul yearns for release. Wow, you said that more interesting than he said it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, of course, Brandon. I always love it when you describe torture chambers. Like, there's just some sort of, like, pronounced nuance in your voice when you talk about them. Yes, I just love it. I just love torture. Who doesn't? I don't know, and I don't want to know. He leads the group onward, but Sue and Eddie hang back a bit. Eddie can barely contain his glee as he says, They used to torture people up there. They used to let them starve to death. (laughs) Woohoo! Yeah, them hanging back is uh, 90% of this episode. (laughs) Yep, that's one of the things that just repeats over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I just as I was writing my notes, I was like, oh my god, I can copy and paste like half of these you paragraphs. Could. Yeah. All that these kids do in this terror tower is they stay behind and then they walk upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they walk downstairs. Oh, true. Come true. on. <laughs> Sue tells Eddie that that was all hundreds of years ago. Now they just sell postcards. And she walks forward to catch up to the group. Eddie looks up again at the tower, and he just straight up sees a fucking ghost. I thought he was staring into the sun at first. No, it's just a ghost. Yeah, there's just a ghost there. Like, <laughs> hey, dog, don't go in this terror tower. And he's like, huh? So yes. what? It's... <laughs> what? So, like, this isn't like one of those things where it's just like a flash for a second. No, the- this ghost no, is this on dude... screen for like 30 seconds. He's yeah. like, Eddie, stop. Don't go in this tower. And he's like, what? Oh, huh? And it's like, oh my God, kid, what the fuck is going on? Seriously. This is like fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi up there. Like, use the fucking force, Eddie. And he's like, what? Use the what? Yeah, so he squints at this ghost for at minimum like 15 <laughs> seconds for sure. Yeah. Then we cut to commercial, and when we come back, that ghost dude is just still doing his thing. Still warning then, the children, yeah. Yeah. Sue walks up to ask what's going on, and suddenly the ghost disappears. Of course. Eddie is like, I thought I saw... Oh, never mind. 
Yep, and that's that. No, not fucking never mind. (laughs) That guy was full on see-through and yelling at you for like a minute. Yeah, and he was just like, oh well. (laughs) (laughs) He's seen a paranormal activity happen in front of his very eyes, and he's just like, eh, let's go. (sighs) That's wild. Now who's audacious, Brandon? (laughs) The same kid. (laughs) Oh, oh, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) The two catch up to the group as the fancy man narrates that historians say the castle was built in the year 400. He then leads the tour group further into the building. They stop at the bottom of the stairs, and he tells the group that postcards featuring the instruments of the grisly tortures are available in the gift shop, and the two kids look at each other with a fuck yeah kind of smile. Right, torture devices is sweet. <laughs> they love I don't it. Know. I don't know who they're going to be sending a postcard to, but mm, they want it. Just show a picture of a guy on the rack like wish you were here just a picture of a guy being pulled apart by horses (laughs) (laughs) the fancy man says that now they are going to climb the stairs to the top of the tower they get to what i thought was the top but it's not right it's not and come out (laughs) to a dark room with brick walls all the other tourists are busy snapping pics of the darkness when the fancy tour guy (laughs) yells for the guards right because there's two dudes Yes. Two guards in medieval uniforms close the doors behind the group. The fancy man's voice takes on a more sinister tone as it says, I'm sorry. I'm afraid I have to give you some rather bad news. Bad news? You will be imprisoned in the North Tower. There you will be tortured until you tell us the real reason you chose to come here. You drove them there. They had no choice. Yes, they ran out of museums, sir. (laughs) What an asshole. Eddie is like, torture? Did he say torture? Oh my god, shut up, Eddie. So there's a group of, um, I don't know, like 15 people, probably maybe a little bit more. They could easily take out all three of those people, like. Oh, no the Fancy problem. man, the guards, if they bum-rushed them, like, if somebody was like, all right, now we're going to make you tortured, I'd be like, uh, no. Let's band together, folks. <laughs> yeah. Body slam them into the walls. We can take them. But instead, it's 15 people like, guess we're tortured. Yeah, like, <laughs> they're all, like, cowering, like, oh, my life of torture is about to begin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just like, I wasn't even supposed to be here today. They they took us here, and then they're like, well, you chose poorly. Time to get tortured. Like, they had no choice in any of this bullshit. Yeah. But they have a choice now to murder the fancy man and these guards. <laughs> man. But <laughs> they it's, choose- it's good that they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, my first instinct would be, too. So, <laughs> I would be like a Shia LaBeouf in iRobot. <laughs> I'd be like, charge! (laughs) Come on, everybody! We can murder him if we stick together. (laughs) I'd be like, we could just push him down the stairs. We already went up like a million of them. (laughs) So the guards draw their swords, and everyone gasps when the fancy man starts laughing. (laughs) Just a little Terror Tower joke! He says. (laughs) See, he's so into Terror Tower. Even though he was like, well, I guess it's the only place we can go. Yeah. Fuck off. Everybody breathes a sigh of relief, and they continue the tour into the torture chamber. Eddie is suddenly very nervous about going in the chamber, even though he was so stoked before which Sue points out to him. Good. They climb a spiral staircase before reaching the torture chamber, and when they do, lights come on one by one to reveal wax figures of torture victims, except, Cortland, they're clearly just people. They're people. Yeah, okay, so I have to want to... I kind of want to rewind just a little bit, kind of, Brandon. Did you see one of the people with that huge-ass bushy mustache? No. Oh my god, you have to see it. It's like a fucking broom. Like, it is broom bristles on this man. He is the embodiment of Scruffy from Futurama. Okay, Okay. I'm going to 
opening episode. Yeah, you have to see. There's him. Eddie staring at that ghost. <laughs> you can clearly see him at one point when they walk up a spiral staircase. Okay, I'm watching people walk up a spiral staircase now. He's also featured prominently in one of the rooms. I can't remember which one because that's all we do in this episode is look at fucking rooms. But Yeah, so I'm watching them go up a spiral staircase, but I don't know which of the 13 spiral staircase scenes this is. So I don't know if it's the right one. Oh, shit! Yeah, did you didn't notice that fucking mustache, dude? No! That thing is insane. Oh my god. Wow. 1045. Go to 1045. It's just a picture oh. of him on the screen. And he just... Okay. He looks so upset. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> he, he looks like, you know, he is invested in learning. <laughs> straight into the camera. <laughs> Me and my mustache both disapprove. Yeah, wow. like that mustache is controlling him. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's sentient, is what it is. (laughs) It's his own, like, last episode, or last couple episodes, we got a killer sponge. Like, this one, I think the plot twist is going to be that mustache. It's going to be that, yeah. I think you're right. It's going to detach from that dude's face. It's going to crawl onto Eddie's and just take over his mind. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your pickpocketing little brother. Thank you so much for listening in this week. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to them all, we always appreciate you spending some time with us. Are you a fan of the show that wants to support us? You can become a patron for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash private island. We've got plenty of bonus content to keep you busy, like early release episodes, book readings, bonus episodes, and more. Get stickers and shirts, too, depending on the tier. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Eddie, Tristan, Venice, Witch, and Sarah, the Silver Goth, Stephen, Shane, Preston, Matt, Kristen, Geraldine, Evelyn, Aaron, Brittany, and newest patron, JD, the Golden Day Days, Faith, Sarah, and Angela, the Platinum Bostics, Bryce, Kathy, Farron, and the Diamond, Zebo, Michael. Thank you for your support, everyone. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. We post new content all the time on our Instagram and Twitter, at Private Island Presents and at PRVT Island. Give us a follow and join in on the weekly watch parties, memes, gifts, and more. We're going to be finishing up Season 1 of Goosebumps really quickly, and we'd love to answer your questions. You can send them to us on social media or email them directly to us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again for listening in, everyone. I'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. The tour guide stops in front of the rack and explains in gruesome detail how it mutilates the poor victim. Sue and Eddie seem pretty grossed out by the whole thing. I was kind of like, this is uh, is kind of a lot for a kid's show. I mean, it is. It explains, like, you know, they get pulled and pulled and then their fucking joints just like. Yep. Kids, they gotta know. They gotta know. Well, I mean, sooner or later, you know, you can't live life without knowing about the rack. So. R.L. Stein was like, all right, I got these like 11 year old kids. I'm just going to I'm just going to break the ice now. Get it over with. The rack was the thing. Thank you, R.L. Stein. (laughs) You're doing society a service. Yeah. So now when your kids come up to you and they're like, Mom, what's the rack? You can give them this book. It's a step by step guide (laughs) and explains it all. Show them this episode. There you go. The fancy tour guide leads the group towards something called the fun screws. No, the thumb screws. Okay. The fun <laughs> I thought I must I thought I must have misheard that. It's okay. Yeah, no, thumb. <laughs> okay. That's uh like the land. The land. Yes. Yes, the land, two tons of dog. Yeah. I was like fun screws. What an ironic name for a torture device. <laughs> no, it's much worse than that. It screws under your thumbs. <laughs> oh, fuck that. Yeah, that sounds like the worst. <laughs> no, thank you. I thought the fun screw sounded okay, but... That's why they get you into the Terror Tower! <sighs> Sons of bitches. Sue hangs back and calls out to Eddie Again. to let her take his picture. Yes. Oh my god, There's part. Not about it. So stupid. There's a mannequin of an executioner holding his axe above his head, and Eddie sits underneath it, pretending to be murdered. Yeah, his face is so dumb in this picture. And, and Sue's like, good one, Ed. <laughs> like, <sighs> <laughs> oh, 
Through the viewfinder, Sue takes a long time to get a good composition when the executioner suddenly turns to look at her. Yeah, it's pretty good. I liked it. Um, yeah, she's just sitting there, like, Dutch angling the fucking shit out of this camera, trying to get the best picture of Eddie, and then that executioner, like, is like, no pictures! <laughs> <laughs> no flash photography. You're gonna get the fun screws. <laughs> the executioner begins to walk toward her, and she lowers the camera. When she does, she sees the figure is perfectly still again. She's yeah, like, what cool. the fuck? And Eddie says, forget it, and runs to catch up with the group. Like, he wanted his picture taken. He sat there for, like, almost a minute waiting for that picture to get taken. And then he's like, never mind. When he's gone, Sue goes up to the executioner to investigate it. And wouldn't you know it, that dude starts moving again. Yeah. He goes to give her a little head chopping, but he misses. Eddie runs back to see what happened. And Sue tells him that it the moved. thing was moving. It tried to get Eddie me. is like, It did? How could that be? Yeah, I was, I was glad that he wasn't like, shut up, you know? Like, shut up, yeah, Big they're, Seaster. They're not like that in this episode. No, they're very, they're really, um, like, in it together. I like it a yeah, lot. They got each other's I'm backs. For it. It's nice. But, like, things like this, where it's just a little thing, but it's like, why did we waste time having him go? Like, her, she hangs back, and he leaves, then he comes back, then he leaves, then he comes back, and then they both leave. Um, I think it's called filler. I don't know, Brandon. I'm not sure. <sighs> like, I didn't I didn't hate it. I, I thought this part was interesting. Um, it was a little bit spooky. Um, axes, you know, come on now. It's a rough way to go. Just then, the tour guide comes back and scolds the two kids for touching the displays. And loudly blames parents for letting their children roam about alone. Yes, parents that aren't present. Excellent. Good job. Mm -hmm. She tries to tell the fancy guy that the executioner was moving, but he's having none of it, of course, and continues the tour to the North Tower. I like the part where he picks up the axe from the ground and places it into the, like, the grip of the person playing as the executioner. That's not a wax figurine. It's just a guy that kind of, like, grabs it for him from him a little bit. (laughs) He's got to. Yeah, he does. It's it's funny, though. Yeah, so were the the wax figures people all the time? Because sometimes it it does look like wax figures, so I guess the actors are doing just a better job of standing still. But then sometimes they're doing a not very good job, and they're kind of wiggling around. Yeah, it would be hard. I don't know why all of the, the people that aren't the executioner are people i mean it probably was cheaper but they do have wax figurines later in the episode so i'm not really sure yeah it's weird but well they may not be it's effective right 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 i liked it i thought they did a good job good job standing still guys it's it's a hard thing to do it is eddie tells sue that he's seen some freaky things as well and sue says they better catch up because the place gives her the creeps they better catch up because all they're doing is lagging behind and that guy is going to be so pissed at them. I would be if I was a tour guide. Eddie tells Sue that he's, he's seen some creepy things, but stop short of like, I a have ghost? total proof of the afterlife. <laughs> yeah, right. They never want to tell about the afterlife, man. I don't know. No, he's just like, yeah, things are a bit, bit weird, but whatever. Let's continue. Even though that ghost clearly told me not to continue. (laughs) Don't listen to ghosts. What do they know? That's the moral of the story. Spoilers. In the next room, Eddie runs past a figure of a cloaked man in all black and laughs, saying, Fuck, (laughs) they're only wax. Where is this coming from? I don't know. Because he sits there and he, like, fucks around with this this awesome, you know, quote-unquote statue. It's a dude. It's a guy. Yeah. It's a man. He just sits there and fucks around with it, unprompted. They weren't even talking about, like, oh, that was so scary. And then him being like, don't worry, sis, they are waxed. You know, it's nothing like that. Yeah, he out of nowhere is just like, oh, the wax figurines are wax. Yeah. So, yeah, he goes up to this big all-black dressed man and jiggles his hat a bit and then runs off. Yeah. And as soon as they run off, the figure raises its head and fixes his hat. I would have done the same, yeah, if I was the figure. 
He does it menacingly. And you know, the music that plays, I believe it starts during this part, it reminds me of the music from The Shining. Yes, I wrote that down in my notes, that it's music like in The Shining, and I kind of like looked that up, and apparently that's just like a type of musical thing that's in a lot of movies and TV shows. It's called a DS Irae. Oh, okay. It's like funeral music. Well, it is very, um, it does a really good job of evoking, you know, spooky emotions. Because I really like the music that plays during uh, The Shining. Which is funny that I didn't even know it was from The Shining. Um, I actually thought it it was originally, it originated from Zombies Ate My Neighbors. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Remember remember that we watched The Shining together that one time? We were like, hey, this is music from Zombies Ate My Neighbors. (laughs) Wow. Copied it from Zombies Ate My Neighbors. That's cool. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, now I get it. Now we're treated to the fifth or sixth sequence of characters climbing staircases, and Eddie bumps into an older couple stopping to catch their breath. Oh my god, they give him the death stare. It's so funny. Well, they should. They're trying to breathe. I guess. They are, like, in the stratosphere. (laughs) All these fucking stairs. Now, finally... They are at the top of the tower. Are you sure? So far. So far, that's the top. I don't know. There could be a secret Yeah. The fancy guy tells the group that this is where the most important political prisoners were kept. He says Mm. it was here in the 15th century the prince and princess of York were brought. This isn't going to come up again. No, definitely not. Sue asks what happened to them. The fancy man tells them that the prince and princess weren't here for long. The Lord High Executioner sent men up into the tower with orders to murder the children so that they wouldn't be able to take the throne. Eddie looks to the side and notices something very far away on a wall and whispers for Sue to come check it out. Carved into the wall of a jail cell are the words, Long Live Freedom. Yeah. Which is like very... Generic. I don't know if I would put that in there. I would put something a little more personalized, I think. If I was going to, you know, decal the wall. Yeah, that's like so basic. That's so long, too, because you got to sit there and like carve it in. Like, God, long live freedom. Takes Boring. Forever. Just carve your name in there, dude. Suddenly, a ghostly arm appears carving the words long live freedom. Yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. The kids are startled. But then they're even more startled by a loud crash of generic soundboard thunder. Hanna-Barbera. It's the same Hanna-Barbera stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, that was... <laughs> Whoops, wrong thunder. <laughs> That'll happen. Through the cell window, we can see lightning cracking over and over again, and the kids cover their ears and scream from the constant thunder. Yeah, I would. Another ghost appears... And yells, danger! But why, though? (laughs) What's going on? I don't know. Only for these kids. Everyone else can... Fuck right off, yeah. The ghost disappears, and so does the stormy weather. The kids wonder what the hell that was, and then they notice that the tower is now empty, except for them. Right, I didn't really know what was going on right now. No. And it doesn't really explain it, so I, I, no. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened to the tour guide people. Just gone. Yeah, at least for this part of the episode, you're left guessing. Right. That poor dude with the mustache. Like, where did he go? <laughs> oh man. Where did his stash go? Right. Eddie says, what if the place is closing? I don't want to get locked in. Sue tells him to chill the fuck out. They <laughs> both try to calm themselves down by being like, it's all cool. In a couple of minutes, we'll be laughing about this. On the stairwell, we can see the shadow of someone coming up. Oh, it's, it's the black the hat guy, guy what? from earlier. <laughs> what, what, what? It's like a fucking musketeer or something. Yeah, his hat is cool, though. I'd wear that. I like it. I'd wear it, too, yeah. It would block the sun. It would be so good. Oh my god, it's like a sun hat, yeah. The kids are instantly relieved because they assume this to be a f- some friendly tower staff. Well, they did get punked earlier with the tower staff so they yeah, probably think exactly. it's the same thing I would the guy just gives a little laugh Eddie says wait a minute 
I thought you was wax. And what are you supposed to be, anyway? A guard or something? The guy tells them that they're coming with him. Eddie compliments his commitment to staying in character, but then the guy grabs Eddie and he yells, with Sue telling him to let Eddie go. Mm, yeah. The guy tells the kids that they will not move or try to escape. You are not going to move. You're not going to escape. <laughs> You're gonna let me take you away. He's got a lot of confidence in his authority. He seems like a very authoritative person, so I would... I mean, I mean he's got the hat. <laughs> he does, yeah. I'd be like, all right, sir, whatever. So he lets them go and then starts chanting something while doing some weird magic shit with his hands. Dude, I was like, wait, this episode's got magic? Because he's got some pebbles in his hands, yeah. and he's got like one above it, and he's chanting his shit, and he's swirling it around, and then they start to glow. And I was like, oh my god, this is going to be magic. But not but yet. It's not. <laughs> the kids hatch a brilliant plan to run for the door, and then they charge right through the guy and escape, disrupting whatever nonsense he was working on. Oh my god. They He drops his pebbles to the ground, and his look, look on his face <laughs> my pebbles. is so great. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, he, like, mm, pebbles are on the ground now. <laughs> it was great. The kids descend the first of a thousand spiral staircases and come to a door that's locked. Yeah. Sue suggests that they push on the door because she right. doesn't know how locks work. Yep. She's like, let's just push on it harder. And you know what? It works. They roll a natural yeah. 20. Chokes on us. Bust open that door. <laughs> they push on it just a little bit and it opens. They rush through the door and lock it again on the other side. The room they're in now is full of wax figures that they keep bumping into, and even a mummy for some reason. I think that these are actually wax figures. <laughs> they're no, gruesome, at, too. At least like, some of them are. Yeah, at least some of them are. Like, the guy in the cage with, like, his mouth open and, like, that terror face. Like, that was a good wax figure. And, um... Like, the mummy, I think it looks really cool. You know, it kind of looks like just a sloppy, wet corpse, you know? Yeah. That's good. I liked it. I was like, dang, this is pretty cool. A pre-recorded voice repeats, Enter the king's dungeon. Abandon all hope. Over and over again. I was, I gotta say, Brandon, I was really confused at this point. Because I thought when Sue and Eddie interacted with that ghost in the Terror Tower, that they time traveled back in time you know because then they got they got out mm -hmm. and that musketeer was like oh children you know i was like oh okay so they're in, back in time the tour guide like they disappeared because they're still in present day and this guy thinks that they're the you know the prince and the pauper or whatever the fuck uh the fancy guy talked about you know the story with yeah. the, the prince and the and the princess whatever so i was like okay yep this makes sense and then they got into this room and everything was wax and i was like so they're not back in time yeah it's confusing. A little bit. They're not back in time, but, like, everyone's disappeared still. I'm sure that it'll get explained, which is fine. No, it won't. <laughs> Eddie sees some mannequin arms, and that gives him an epiphany. All of these okay. wax figures are wax figures. Does he say that? Basically. Okay. He's like, they're all wax. He already said they were all wax. I know. Though. I know. All right. Things just happen over and over again. Hmm. Maybe this isn't a time loop episode, then. Yeah, this is fucking Groundhog Day, except for they're repeating like every ten minutes. Just then, the black hat guy learns the whole push-on-the-door-a-little-bit method and bypasses the door's lock. Eddie is like... What do you want? The man says... You know. Now come with me. I won't hurt you. But if you don't, I'll have no choice. But to hurt them, yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't know about that guy. You think he might be uh might be a bad guy? He might be a jerk, yeah. Nobody just chases customer. children and, and they're good guys, you know? It's usually a bad guy sign. Sign of the bad. Yeah. Einstein, you nailed it. The guy snatches Eddie, who kicks and screams. Action Sue grabs a mannequin arm and bludgeons the man with it. Oh my god, right? This is my favorite part Such of Such a great character moment. I feel like Sue's amazing. But she grabs she that beats a man arm. with an arm. She, she beats him with the arm, and he's like, ooh. Like, he gets, like, a 14-year-old yeah. girl gingerly hits you with a mannequin arm that's made of wax. Um, and it she knocks a fully grown man to the ground. 
Oh man, it's amazing. He's just like, like the noise he makes. Obviously, I'm gonna put it in here. But the noise he makes when he gets hit with that mannequin arm is just amazing. Eddie escapes, and they both flee. Sue points to a tiny little hole and says, "This way." I don't know how she sees this because it's not I'm not very sure. visible. It looks like she points to a dead end and says, "This way." Yeah. But there's this small little gap at the floor that yeah, you can slide it, under, basically. It's like those those gifts that you can watch of, like, skinny dudes, like, fitting into really small holes to, like, go cave exploring. Which is something, by the way, you should never do. Um, that sounds horrifying. Um, yeah, people die and that kind of stuff, and it sounds like it would be the worst. So, um, yeah, it reminded me of that. She's like, a small hole. Eddie, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> If you survive, I'll follow you. I don't know how far the drop is. Good luck. We are like a million stories up in the air still, even though we went down all the stairs. We're at least five spiral staircases up still. Yeah, like a fucking airplane just went by the window, but go. (laughs) (laughs) I'll throw you down and count how many seconds it takes for me to hear your bones crack, and then I'll determine if it's safe. (laughs) Okay, so the hole leads to a service tunnel, and they both pop down into it. They run down the hall for maybe four seconds, and Eddie screams, This thing goes on forever! Right. (laughs) Oh my god, Eddie. I like you, but what the fuck is wrong? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. He's alright, but he sucks. (laughs) The guy in the black hat starts catching up to them, and then Sue drops her camera. Yeah. She... So... First of all, I gotta say, like, when they dropped into the tunnel, I was like, oh, they're definitely gonna be safe here. Like, there's probably uh, not very easy entrances to get to. He probably doesn't even know it exists. But mm-hmm. then he catches up to them within, like, five seconds. And then she drops her camera for some reason. She drops her camera for some reason, but even more for some reason, she goes back to pick it up. She really wants... Okay, that film is expensive, obviously. This is, like, essentially the second time we're hearing about it, so she wants that picture. If they had gone back in time, I'd get the camera because, like, that's wizardry and you'd be a god. But when you're being chased by someone, you just let that shit go. Mm. I mean, she does decide against it and turns around and keeps running. If she would have grabbed it and then turned around and kept running, it would have been the same amount of time for her. Because she just stands there and looks at the shadow of this dude coming at him. And she's like, should I do it? Mm, What are the pros and cons here? Pros, mm, I don't have to buy a new camera. You know, it's just... (sighs) She takes her time. She does. She makes the right decision in the end, though. So I'll give her half points. All right. The guy yells, you can't escape me! And then the kids find a ladder. (laughs) And they begin their escape. Sue gets up just fine. But Eddie is only partway up when the man arrives and grabs his leg. For the third time, Eddie has gotten grabbed within the last five minutes? Yes, again. (sighs) But then out of nowhere, for no reason at all, a swarm of bats appears and attacks this dude. The CG on these bats is so bad. It is 1996, so it's like not that big of a deal. But man, why are those bats seen. I've seen worse bats. I have too. It was from the Tale of Vampires. I don't know those bats were terrible. Yeah, I don't know why these bats are here they and why the they day, just though. start attacking him, but yeah. Moral of the story, rabies saves the day. For once. Eddie gets free and Sue says, I'm sure that's not part of the tour. Like, no fucking bad. They climb too. another ladder and find a manhole cover. When yeah, they lift it, we see the red tour bus from earlier zooming at them. It reminded me of uh, Hocus Pocus when they get, walk, yes. you know, they get out of the sewer cover. Yep. After it passes, they climb out of the sewer and are immediately confronted by an old security guard. Right, what the fuck is this? He gets all mean with them, too. Yeah, he's, like, cranky for no reason. Yeah, he's all like, I'm gonna call the police! And I'm like, dude, what? There's two random-ass kids that just crawled out of the sewer. You should, I mean, you should be calling the police in a good way. <laughs> yeah, like, let me help you out. Oh, Not, I'm so sorry, oh, are you okay? Mm. Get off my property! You're trespassing! Police! Help me! No. <laughs> eat, eat shit, old man. Seriously, this old guy sucks. They try to explain about the man in the black hat chasing them and whatnot, but the guard tells them that there's no man in the tower. 
The only one after closing is him. They insist that the man chase them, which he says is impossible. That is very strong words, Cortland. This old ass man don't know what's going on. He's probably got dementia. He probably doesn't even work there. How did it get night so fast? It was just daytime. What's going on? I don't know. I don't know anything. I mean, I know a little bit, but... (laughs) I mean, I know the rest of the story, but besides that... (laughs) So yeah, Paul Blart goes to call the cops, and Eddie wonders if maybe he's calling the guy that's chasing them, which I thought was a little bit like a little smart. I thought the same thing as you. I thought that was a good idea because he seemed like he was kind of uh, part of the part of the show. I mean, like I said, the tour guide did play a prank on them, where they were gonna live an infinite life of suffering in the torture chamber. So yes, yes. A black cab drives past, and they flag it down telling the driver to head to the hotel where their parents are staying. God, the rest of this episode's boring, I'm just gonna say. Yeah, I mean, I've got like three paragraphs and nothing happens. Now we are treated to lovely shots of Big Ben and Tower Bridge to remind you that this is London. Yeah, there's some like London-esque music too, I feel. <sighs> yes, it's a beautiful harpsichord. They finally get to their destination after nightfall, and the driver tells them that they owe £12.60. Sue says that she doesn't know their money and offers a handful of random coins asking if this will cover it. I don't know your money. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in Canada. We we have beautiful money there. It's all purple and blue and such. She like hands him a loony and he's like, the fuck, mate? (laughs) Yeah, the driver is offended, saying that these coins ain't even real. He wants his British pounds or else. Sue is like, Why would our parents give us play money? Oh my god, right? Which I thought was funny. <laughs> the fuck is this Monopoly money? Not just fake money, but like play money. Play <laughs> money. Like, here kids, here's your money. <laughs> so how have they been going on all of these fancy tours to museums and shit? Because clearly that wouldn't be free, right? Right, and they were, like, excited to go to the gift shop, so money has been exchanged at some point. How did she buy that film? Hmm. Yes. We'll never know. She could have bought that in Canada, I guess, but, yeah. Anyway, this cab driver is like, Oi, fuck off, mate. (laughs) Yeah, he's He's cranky as well. Bloody hell. Everyone in London. Jeez. Everybody in London are just cranky old men that lie for some reason. Right. Where is that classic London hospitality that we hear so much about? It's not in this episode. R.L. Stein, I don't know. He didn't want to show it. Sue says that their parents are just in the hotel, so they will go in and sort this whole mess right out. The driver agrees to let them go, but if they don't come back in five minutes, he's going to be the second grown man to chase them that day. (laughs) They leave the car in a hurry. And Eddie tells the man that he doesn't have to be so rude. It's true. And also, that old-ass man in that cab ain't going to be chasing no kids. Like, give me (laughs) a break. He would lose out on more money opportunities chasing those children. Yeah. For 12 pounds and six quids or whatever. In the hotel, they're walking and talking about how they ended up with fake money when Sue realizes that she doesn't have the hotel room key. Interesting. She goes to the front desk and asks where the conference that her parents are attending is being held. The man working there tells her, He's sorry, but there's no conference. No conference? What? (laughs) She says, Nuh-uh, our parents said there was. (laughs) The kids say, Fine, at least give us the key to our room. Right, the least he could do. (laughs) He asks for the room number, and they tell him, 1415. But the man taps his little keyboard and tells him that that room is vacant, Cortland. (gasps) So they're not in 1415? No, they're not. What's going on? Eddie and Sue are getting freaked out now. They say that's their room. The man at the desk, to his credit, he tries to help these clearly crazy children as much as he can. Which is cool, yeah. And he asks them, okay, what's their last name? Sue gets a worried expression on her face and asks Eddie, What's our last name? (laughs) Eddie shakes his head a bit and says, I don't know. Sue tells Eddie, There's something wrong with us. And then what, Brandon? And then the camera zooms into a light fixture, and that's it. That's the end of the episode. (laughs) Ah, the most exciting of endings. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of part one. 
Wow. All right. I do really enjoy, like, I feel like I know what's going to happen, but I like that buildup that they did at the end where it's like, oh, our money's play money. (laughs) (laughs) And then, oh, where's our room key? Oh, where's, what's our last name? You know? Yeah. It's a very quick buildup of like, things are not right. Yeah. I'm I'm interested in knowing what's going to happen in the next episode. Although I will say I'm pretty sure I know what's going to happen. But I do wonder like why they would go back to Terror Tower cuz like I feel like they're going to go back there, but why? Okay, Cortland. So, let's just skip to that part since there's no okay. extra cover to see what do you right. think is going to be in part I 2. I think so I think in the next part like obviously they are either wax figurines themselves or they're ghosts of the prince and the princess that was like briefly mentioned in the story i think that's definitely going to be what it is um i'm not sure how they got out of the terror tower in the first place though and i'm not sure why they would go back to the terror tower unless they figure oh if we go back up there and we talk to that ghost again maybe he'll fix our lives or something i don't really know honestly but you definitely think they're going back in time um yes like I said last episode, I have read this book, which I'm a little ashamed of now because, like, I don't remember anything about it. But I feel like there's time travel. So, mm-hmm. I, f- I mean, for sure these two kids are, are the prince and princess that, you know, were to be murdered. So, I don't know if they were murdered and they're ghosts now or what. I, I don't know. Do they have parents? I, I don't think so. <laughs> there is no board meeting. There's nothing. Only the tower. Yeah, like, <laughs> wow, okay. Um, I'm excited to watch the next episode. I liked this one. I think the characters were good. Um, the action scenes were pretty good. I'm excited to see what's going to happen next, I, I will say. I feel like I'm going to be disappointed because I feel like I was when I read the book, although I don't remember what it was. Um, so that's that. Yeah, you'll remember why you were disappointed, I'm sure. Oh, okay. God, your words <laughs> are so foreboding, Brandon. Yeah, but, you know. That's next week. Cortland, what, if anything, Mm -hmm. could we take from this as a moral to apply to our lives? I feel like if I'm going to go into a very boring board meeting, the moral of the story is that you let your children run rampant in London and you make sure you give them play money. So that they don't get into any trouble? Right, right. So when they take a cab and they try to pay with play money... The cab, cab driver's like, Oi, what, what is this? Yeah, they get stabbed. <laughs> yeah. I think the moral of the story is that museums are fucking awesome. They are, yeah. We should all support museums. Because if you don't, you end up at a terror tower and get murdered. Right, then you get tortured. I will say, Brandon, when I was little, I didn't care for museums, though. I thought they were boring. I'm, I'm much more into them now that I'm an adult. Yeah, I think most kids do. It's just stuff. But now it's like, oh, sweet stuff, you know? Yeah, stuff is dope. I love stuff. Cortland, what would be a good name for this part of the story? Let's say A Night in Terror Tower, Part 1, colon... Well, they don't actually spend a night in Terror Tower, or so they haven't yet. It was day. It's night right now, but they're not in Terror Tower anymore, so I don't don't know... Um, so many fucking stairs. It's not terror tower. Like, the terror of it is all the exercise that you have to do <laughs> to get up to the It's got to be something with the stairs. Yeah. <sighs> I can't think of anything funny, though. What am I doing with myself? I'm a mess. The fancy tower. Ooh. It's not. It's not fancy. It's just stairs. There's just No, stairs the man up. is fancy. The, t- the tower is stairs. Stairs, stairs, yeah. A Night in Terror Tower, Part 1. Ghosts are real. Yeah, they are. Multiple times they were shown And they ghosts. yell at you. They do, they're mean. Yeah. Night in Terror Tower, Part 1. They're not wax, guys. <laughs> Alright, that's it. Cut and print. Done. There you go, R.L. Stein. You're welcome. A Night in Terror Tower, Part 1. That guy's fucking mustache. <laughs> oh, the mustache. Damn, that guy's... Must- I want to... Okay, I don't know how you can grow a mustache like that. If I could, I would, though. You know? <laughs> I'm just... I'm like, thinking... I don't know how it's possible. How do you get it so the, thick and bushy? The podcast art for the next season. 
<laughs> this oh is my god! Be me with that fucking mustache. <laughs> People will be like, "What the fuck is that? <laughs> what is that a reference to?" Oh man, we got we do got to start thinking about podcast art soon. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> we're almost done with the season. I think we only have like three episodes left. Yeah, not very much. Well, Cortland, I think that wraps it up for A Night in Terror Tower Part 1. Okay. So, please join me for Part 2. Please. I, I don't want to do this alone. This God, you're like that one kid that was like, please, anything but fire. <laughs> Rest in peace, thank you. Oh, I think about that scene all the time. It's so great. He did an amazing job. Very convincing. I feel like that's what you're trying to do to me. Trying to, um, you know, put up that reverse psychology. Just for that, Brandon, I will join you for next week's episode. Oh, foiled again. <laughs> Got him. All right. Well, I've been up all night. Same. same I'm going to go to sleep. All right. Same, Brandon. I had a good time. Thanks for thanks for doing all the notes. <laughs> it was very easy. They climbed upstairs. They went downstairs. <laughs> I'll see you next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Why would our parents give us play money?